Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis Podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Mid-June, if you are listening to this in the United States on Sunday, uh, Sunday Perspective Show, but also a uh, sort of special day here in the United States, it's Father's Day, uh, the, the annual Father's Day holiday, annual uh, Father's Day tradition. You know, as a, you know, educated, astute, uh, sophisticated uh, podcast host, I should know if Father's Day is a international holiday. I don't. I probably should look that up. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, I was lazy. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you're here in the States um, and uh, and your dad's part of your life, uh, make sure you give him a call. Uh, if you are uh, listening to this and you are a father or you are, uh, you know, you're listening to it and, um, you know, you are a father to somebody else, you know, let, let the people who are fathers in your life, uh, who are influential, uh, who are good role models, who are standing up and uh, sort of showing you, um, you know, how to uh, be a good person. Um, you know, let them know that you appreciate them. Uh, that's that's kind of what Father's Day is for. Uh, it doesn't have to be about a bunch of gifts. It doesn't have to be about some big trip. Uh, I know a lot of folks will do father and son types of trips and so forth. But uh, you know, give dad a call, uh, send him a card. Um, just let him know that you're you're thinking about him and you appreciate uh, the role that he's played in your life. Uh, with that, um, I want to get into kind of the, the topic for today's Sunday perspective. And I feel like a lot of this year has really been about us taking a lot of the things that over the last few years, we've sort of gone in a direction, we've all sort of heard mentality towards, uh, move towards, uh, adopted. And over the last six months, eight months or so, everybody's kind of re-evaluating, uh, re-determining uh, if a lot of those sort of herd mentality things were a good thing or a bad thing. And what I kind of want to dig into today is the topic of security, in particular, who should own security? Uh, do developers feel overwhelmed by the amount of security that's sort of being thrust on them because of shift left or DevSecOps or secure software ch- supply chains or whatever it might be? And so we're going to kind of dig into that right after the break. Are you getting pressure from finance to justify or reduce your cloud bill? Cloud Zero is the only cloud cost platform loved by engineers and trusted by finance. Cloud Zero can identify unused, idle, or over-provisioned resources alerts you to spend anomalies, and organize 100% of your spend into a framework that mirrors your business structure, like cost per customer, product feature, or team. It's the most powerful platform ever built to provide accurate, granular visibility into your total cloud spend without the typical pitfalls of legacy cloud cost management tools like endless tagging or clunky Kubernetes support. Manage cost, optimize development, and maximize profit all in one platform. Join companies like Rapid7, Drift, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's cloudzero.com slash cloudcast. Visit today to experience immediate and ongoing savings on your cloud bill. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, beyond uh, beyond the, the holiday, the, the 
Father's Day holiday here in the States, and, and hopefully it's around the world. It seems like it would be a, a useful around-the-world holiday. We're going to dig into uh, today's Sunday Perspective perspective, which is it does feel a little bit. Uh, I was watching a was watching a, a Twitter thread and uh, listening to a couple of podcasts. Was listening to uh, the Tanzu Talk podcast. Uh, Kote was uh, having a very very long discussion with one of their lead um, security architects. Uh, so around cloud native and around uh, Java and Kubernetes and Spring and a whole lot of different things. And then was you know listening and kind of watching a thread that uh, Kelsey Hightower had kicked off on Twitter um, about you know his concern that. All of these shifts to moving security left, if you will, right, moving security earlier in the development process, earlier in the pipeline process, earlier in the integration process was putting too much burden on developers. And, you know, it it feels like we went through a period of time when uh, the cloud was in early days and, and even through some of the maturity of cloud where, you know, the shift, the problem space was very much defined as the problem is developers need to be able to move faster, right? The cloud is going to enable that. It's going to make infrastructure easier to acquire. Uh, Developers need to move faster. Businesses need to be more digital, digital transformation, blah, blah, blah. And we need to move to enable developers to be more productive. So we went through a phase of, of paths and containers came along and serverless came along. And so much was how do we enable developers to be more responsive to the business, to be able to write uh, more applications, build more capabilities for the business in a digital format and a digital uh, structure and so forth. And then we kind of went through the uh, the problem of, oh, wait a second, uh, developers are now moving really fast. We enabled them. We gave them uh, a mean, you know, we kind of gave them the fast lane. We gave them the, uh, the carpool lane, if you will, uh, when everybody else was sitting on Uh, in traffic. And I think we're starting to come back to this problem of as part of doing that. And you had, you know, you have people like Werner Vogels and others who are saying, look, if you build it, you must run it. And so that shifted and became a, well, if you built it and you're running it, that means you also have responsibility for the pager, means you're also responsible for uh, for security. Um, And, you know, that was sort of the first phase of Developers were like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, we liked this fast lane thing. We liked this idea of being responsive to the business, the business looking at us not as just people writing lines of code, but people reshaping the business. We liked that part of it. Now we don't love this other part of it where we have to be network experts and security experts and operations experts and all that sort of stuff. So let's shift that over to uh, this new sort of entity, right? And it started off as, as being called DevOps and then it became well, SRE is going to sort of help this transitional thing because the infrastructure teams don't really, really know how to, to deal with everything in software. The developers want to make everything as code. Uh, so we're going to kind of insert this middle thing called SRE. They're going to kind of help, uh, you know, help the application teams to make some things, uh, you know, better. Uh, we're going to help the, the infrastructure teams who don't necessarily know how to write code and interact with CICD and so forth. And that eventually kind of evolved into this thing we now call platform engineering in which, you know, that team, as we've talked about in the show quite a bit, that function is there to get back to the idea of let's allow developers to be as productive as possible, to hide and abstract as much of the complexity under the covers as possible, um, and and have this team be able to do that. And, you know, we've ebbed and flowed 
that. Some of it's been successful. Some of it's been a cultural struggle. Some of it's been a technology struggle. Um, but it feels like we're starting to come back to this really interesting thing, which is um, as much as we've gone through the you know DevSecOps sort of thing, like include security in DevSecOps, and we're now going through a phase of um, you know we went through sort of the shift left. Okay, platform engineer is going to do a bunch of stuff, but you know they're really there for kind of helping with scaling and deployment. So let's shift. Uh, a lot of the, you know, security-related stuff further back into the pipeline, further back onto developers. Um, and consistently, year after year after year, we see security be the number one, two, or three thing that is a concern for IT executives or uh, technology leaders, whatever it is, um, as far as what are your top concerns? What are your top priorities for the year? It's, security is always either one, two, or three. Um, and so it, it feels like a weird scenario that we're into, right? We we did figure out how to allow the developers to go faster. We realized that more and more of our business, more and more of the way the businesses interact with customers or with partners or with data is going to be digital, right? Less of it's going to be sort of through physical things, right? At, at the store, right? Even when you do go to a physical store, you're checking out through essentially a computer, right? So, um, but we haven't figured out, I think, the way to describe and to organize ourselves around who owns security, how much security is needed, what is what does secure mean, and who should own that, right? Where should we put the security burden? And it does feel like we're starting to get back into this place that security is sort of becoming a hot potato, right? Who should own it? Um, developers are you know, kind of very clearly saying like, whoa, I, I don't want to own it. <laughs> I, you know, we will do the best we can uh, to try and make our application secure, but I don't want to own the end-to-end security of it. I don't want to own certificate rotation. I don't want to own end-to-end encryption. I don't want to own all that stuff, but I got too many things to worry about in terms of keeping up with languages and scaling the applications and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's an interesting thing. I feel like as an industry, we we pass the buck a lot on security. We love to sort of push it all the way to the left or all the way to the right, um, you know, when we push it all the way to the right in terms of maybe it's like on the infrastructure side of things, then we go into the multi-layer defense in depth. Everything needs a lock. Everything needs uh, an armored door. Everything needs a firewall. Everything needs, you know, whatever. Or we want to kind of shift it as far left as possible, right? Shift it all towards making it a library that's part of CI and CD, make the developers deal with it. And I, I think we we haven't really realized that, that the... I don't know if the optimal thing is, but but the the reality thing is it's going to be somewhere in the middle, and it feels like we we kind of ignore a few basic things, right? Um, and and this was sort of interestingly laid out uh, in that Tanzu Talk uh, podcast I was talking about. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, Cote um, Show, uh, in which you know they really highlight a few things. You know, one of them is we do have this proliferation of the number of development teams now, right? Whether it's through acquisitions or through groups getting their own funding and so forth. And so we, you know, we've allowed ourselves to, to not standardize on things because we're going to default ourselves to, well, if we standardize on things, you know, a library or a language or a framework or whatever it might be, even the CI CD tools, we're going to impact the creativity of the development team. We're going to, you know, one size doesn't fit all. And I think there's probably a need to get back to some more level of standardization or at least a common way for us to say, like, look, 
here's what the standard looks like. Here's what the cost of maintaining that standard looks like by some group, whoever that might be. And here's the cost of variation, of, of divergence from that standard. And I think we need to come up with a common way to, to talk about that and be able to highlight to teams like, okay, you've chosen to go with some different version of you know, a Java library or whatever it might be. This is the company standard, right? And this is the way we're going to kind of maintain this thing. This is the cost of doing that and, and factor that into stuff, right? Whether it's a, a risk profile cost or just an overall cost of operations or a cost that's measured over three years because of the number of times that we have to, you know, deviate our CICD runs to be able to, you know, patch that thing and remediate it and so forth. The second thing is, you know, I, I think we need to start figuring out, um, you know, of these diverged teams, right, of these split up teams, like, do we have really good definitions of who's going to do what in security, right? I think, like I said, we have this tendency to sort of slide it, everything far left or everything far right, um, not politically, just think of it as a spectrum of like left being where the development is done and right being production. Um, and and we don't do necessarily a great job of, of kind of highlighting who should be doing what, um, where should certain things stop, where should certain things start, and and kind of be able to map out an end-to-end architecture that's well-documented for people. Um, I think we tend to do things in small pockets and small silos, and we don't worry about those things. Um, the, the third thing I think we need to do is we need to start thinking about, you know, how, you know, how do we deal with this? It feels like a dilemma, which is if security is showing up as one or two or three, but yet the amount of money that is spent on security or the size of the security team is small, or the security industry as a whole, you know, is always feels like they are talking about having less and less available people in their pool of people to pull from. That seems like a big disconnect, right? It's very rare in a market where the demand, or at least the perceived demand, the, the stated demand is high, and the ability to deliver is low, right? And what that sort of says to me is we, we have a market mismatch, and that either means that we don't really consider security that important. We just talk about it in terms of like, well, you know, the same way that we talk about, well, if I went to a show, let's say I went to a sporting event downtown at some city, I'd like to be safe. I'd like to not get robbed. I'd like to not get murdered while walking to the game or I'd like my car to not get broken into. But we're not, you know, and and maybe you value your life is incredibly important or you value your family's life is incredibly important, or you just value not getting hurt as, you know, very important. Cause if you get hurt and you can't go to work and so forth, but yet nobody is willing to say, well, I'm willing to pay five X as much for the ticket, because if I pay that much, then, you know, I'm, certain things are going to happen and, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the game and so forth. And it feels like when I, when I look at sort of, again, this this sort of mismatch market we have between security as a high priority, the people working in security are understaffed. Uh, you know, we, we don't place enough dollars on that measure of, of, of importance of it. And the amount of money that people necessarily spend on security, other than certain industries, I know people have, you know, huge numbers in banks and so forth. It feels like there's a mismatch there. And it feels like there's another opportunity just the same way that you know, we try and measure, you know, how important is security? Like, how do we 
how do we get to a point where we say that security is so important? Because it feels like if we have this mismatch of perceived security is really important, and therefore, if it's not as important, do we need to put as many barriers on the platform engineering team? Do, you know, do they have to jump through 10 hoops to be able to make things happen? Do we have to jump through 10 hoops for the application development team to, to make the things happen? They need to do that. Or are we creating these, you know, sort of unreasonable expectations, which are in no way measured, no way, uh, you know, we don't put a, a, a number against or even a dollar figure. Um, you know, we, we, we struggle with that. And I think I understand there are certain situations that people, you know, companies are mandated by regulatory things to do certain stuff. Right. Uh, we have to you know, be uh, SOC compliant or ISO 2701 compliant or, you know, whatever it is, uh, FIPS compliant and so forth. You're selling to the federal government or something. But it, it feels like, again, we have this really weird mismatch in our industry of it's there's perceived to be importance. There's groups of people who don't want to do the work because they feel like it's too burdensome. And yet we can never put uh, a value on on how important is security? What if I don't do security? What if I only do it at seventy percent? Right? Is that seventy percent good, or is that equal to a zero? If I'm grading myself, if I do I do ninety percent, is that equal to really really good, or is that equal to a zero? And it feels like uh, you know as we are reevaluating security, we're reevaluating you know how complicated microservices are. We're reevaluating how much stuff should I put in the cloud that speed, that variability of location, that variability of, you know, different types of operations that come with cloud, all those things end up having a security parameter to them. And as an industry, yes, there are some obscure standards and so forth, but there's not a common thing, a common way for, you know, dev teams, app teams, infrastructure teams, platform engineering teams, whatever they might be, to sort of have a common language around security, a common measurement around security of what's good enough, what's needed, what's good enough, what's too much. Is it really that high of a priority? Because if it's that high of a priority, the dollars that are associated with it, the demand in the marketplace to be delivering that as a service or a good uh, doesn't seem to match that. Um, and so anyways, I, I you know, it's one of those areas that I would love to kind of dig into some deeper conversations with some people as to how they're doing it at their companies, um, how they're seeing good practices, best practices, bad practices happen. Um, but it's just, you know, it's one of these things that has been going on for you know a long time, but it feels like it's now accelerated as we're kind of reevaluating kind of everything about should we keep doing microservices? Should we keep moving all these things to the cloud? Should things be in one cloud? Should they be multi-cloud? Uh, you know, are all these things still the right things? Are they too expensive? Are they too difficult to maintain? Are they too difficult to secure? And I feel like security has an opportunity um, because, again, it is perceived to be such a high priority to build a framework, to have a conversation in which everybody can be a part of, uh, because otherwise right now it feels like we're sort of at a state where nobody wants to own security. Nobody wants to deal with it. Everybody's sort of burdened with it. And they're just not sure where to shift it to left, right, center, somewhere in between. Um, and so anyways, we would love to, uh, maybe have that conversation with some folks. If people are listening to this and they go, Hey, we have a really good framework. Uh, give us, give us a ring, give us a DM, shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to talk about it because it, it does feel like something that, 
you know, if we could come up with some industry way of, of having this conversation, um, it would probably help a lot of groups, uh, maybe relieve a lot of stress, relieve a lot of overspending, relieve a lot of putting resources in the wrong place and so forth. So anyways, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Another Sunday perspective. Uh, one of my favorite things to do week in and week out uh, kind of forces me to try and think a little bit outside of the box, think a little bit bigger picture. So enjoy doing it. Enjoy all the feedback that I get from people. Um, if there are topics you'd love for us to dig into, um, again, whether you want to come on and talk to us uh, as an interviewee or you would like us to sort of uh, provide some perspective on, uh, let us know. Show at the show at the cloudcast.net uh, is the email address. Um, and uh, I'd be happy to get back to you. So with that, happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh, whether you are a father, uh, you are a child of a father that you admire, or even just, you know, one of your neighbors is a good dad or, you know, somebody, you know, is a good dad, let them know. Anyways, with that, I'll wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for helping us grow the show. Uh, thanks for helping us get uh, through what almost feels like half through halfway through 2023. So um, lots, lots more to do for this year, but hope everybody's doing well. Hope you're starting to think about, uh, think about the summer, think about vacations, think about getting away a little bit. So with that, I'll wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 